Hey, Sean. Yes, sir. I feel like we need to give our listeners, uh, we owe our listeners an apology. Sorry. For, for my building management has allowed what sounds to be a bathtub filling 24-7 above my apartment, which then proceeded to make it impossible for us to record an episode for our regularly scheduled Friday release. Have oh. you ever tried to sleep in the bathroom with the tub running? No. That's what it was like in my apartment for the last two nights because the water boiler busted and it was luckily it was draining down like the drain pipe, but it literally sounded throughout my entire apartment that a bathtub was filling right above us. So Non-stop. yeah, I have, you know, it's, it's not fun, but I luckily I did find some earplugs <laughs> so I could sleep, but you know, what's uh, not going to require some earplugs and what's going to really be busting what's today? That? This episode of the Seat on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Seat on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to uh, another exciting episode of the Scene on Screen podcast, where today we look at efficiency. And (laughs) (laughs) what I mean by that is, as David said, we are sorry that we missed our episode, but we wanted to get a few quick news hits out there. And because we both saw Ghostbusters on opening night, we want to give you our semi-spoiler filled reviews. So we will warn you numerous times and be like, hey, we are about to to spoil this shit. We'll even put it in the description if you want. But that's what yeah. we're going on today. <laughs> David, how the hell are you? Well, you know, other than uh, the last few nights of not being able to sleep very well, it's actually, I, I feel nice and rested today. Uh, for for anyone who's listening to this now, this will be uploaded probably about 30 minutes after we finish recording it. So this is probably our fastest turnaround time ever for an episode. But yeah, this is a rare day of podcast. Yeah, right? Like, this is... Well, you know, we both saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, so I think it's only fitting that we we do an episode where we talk about it while it's still fresh in our memory. You know, I saw it less than 12 hours ago. Yeah, and if this is something that you guys like, maybe we'll do it when we both see movies opening night, a la Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, the uh, Spider-Man trailer dropped as well. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, can we talk about it before Ghostbusters? I just want to hit a few quick things. Sure. Um, Because, you know, we've had some chaos over the last little bit. Um, Some games have dropped. Some things have happened. Uh, Pokemon dropped yesterday. Or, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was legitimately yesterday. Are you going to get that? Uh, I am, but um, because I'm what's considered insanely difficult to purchase for at Christmas because I just tell people I don't want anything. And then I don't buy things for myself very often. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that I, I put. I think it'll be a fun game to just like a balcony game. Uh, I'm sitting doing nothing kind of game. Mm-hmm. Although I've heard some mixed reviews and apparently that the balancing of some of the monsters that the new company, I, I can't remember the company publishing it is doing or like changed in the game. But some of it is not um, exactly the greatest for fanfare. And it's a culture shock between Let's Go and the latest oh. board. So, you know, I like I think if they were to make it more like uh, less like less like let's go Pikachu and Eevee in the battle system, like like add the whole random encounters with actually fighting battles. Right. To, yeah. To catch them rather than using the uh, Pokeball throwing mechanic from Pokemon Go. But then also I really like the the visuals of let's go pikachu like it was close enough to the classic look that we had in our heads when we played the games you know what i mean yeah that it still fit the aesthetics of the original pokemon games whereas with this one they went more of like that chibi look yeah and, i don't i don't like how cartoony the villagers look mm-hmm. but the so pokemon which, gorgeous which one do you think you're gonna get um honestly i've never played diamond or pearl so me I don't neither. care. Me neither. But uh, I know we mentioned this uh, previously on one of our episodes. 
we'll get opposite ones, and then we can trade Pokemons. That's a good call. That's so good you call. tell me which one you want more, and then I will inform uh, someone. Anyone who wants to buy me the other one can for Christmas. Oh, okay, okay. Owen, got it. <laughs> yeah, Owen, you're, you're hearing that? You can buy me Pokemon other one. Then how about Owen buys both of us the Pokemons? Yeah, we deserve it. Uh, I think being we his should. Good friend and all. Yeah. I, th- I think that's how it works, right? I we just demand. Fr- be like, Owen, we, do- <laughs> we demand this. Yeah, well, it's the price of friendship. <laughs> or the price of Twilight Imperium. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Twilight Imperium gets another mention on one of our podcasts. <laughs> Bingo. Um, uh, <laughs> so, so th- yeah, that that dropped, you know, but I've been hearing a lot of good things, like people who are wanting more of a classic uh, throwback to the original Pokemons should pick up, should at least consider getting a Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes on uh, Nintendo Switch because I guess it's more true to the uh, the Pokemon style that um, I think a lot of people grew up on. Yeah. I kind of hope it's better than sword and shield. I did not really enjoy it. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I probably will never play sword or shield. Fair enough. Yeah. Are you going to play the grand theft auto remaster that we were both so hyped about? <laughs> um, well, the, what was San Andreas is on uh, game pass. So I installed that. Haven't really played it yet just because I got a lot of other stuff going on and it's taking up uh, my valuable video game time. But I've been watching a lot of videos online of uh, just a lot of the bugs and stuff like that. Like it, the remaster is a mess. How, how do you remaster something and make it worse? Right there. Did you see the video? I don't, I don't know how much of you, how much you've played of San Andreas. I've, I've beaten San Andreas. Like the remaster. No, the original. Yeah, no, I, I mean like the remaster. Have you played much of that one? No, I've played so many other things this week. Okay, so there's a video going on uh, around online of uh, the rain in <laughs> the San Andreas remaster. I don't know if it's uh, same across all platforms. I think it was on Xbox that the video was recorded on. So uh, guys riding around the city on uh, his bike in the rain. And the rain is literally just... You know, like old video games where they couldn't really render rain in uh, 3D. So it just kind of put a, it it just went over like everything. Like it was just kind of like a 2D image on the front of everything. So it was, it's, it kind of looks like that. It's super distracting. But if you are, if you're, if there's any water in your view, like the river or a lake or anything like that, the rain actually doesn't render over top of the water. Okay. It looks so freaking weird. I'm just watching a clip now of it raining. It looks so bizarre. Right. And the rain is so, so overly dramatic that it actually makes it very difficult, especially at night, because the rain is just like straight white lines. So when it's dark in the game, all you see is this, these straight right white lines coming down your screen. Each each raindrop is so long. This is (laughs) so funny. (laughs) Right. So like even simple things like that, I, I feel like the game, the original game didn't even have that issue. Oh, and the rain drops on like weird kind of grids. Like it's a, a grid pattern. I'm watching like uh, a clip from this, the cul-de-sac, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all dropping in the exact same patterns in the exact same spots. That's fucked up. So they're not having a very good time. I know it's the lowest rated Grand Theft Auto game ever. And it's a trilogy. It has an average user score of 0. 0.4 out of 10. Hey, Just that's so- like a that's like a pretty good rating based that's, off uh, IGN, right? That's not four. Per- that's not forty. <laughs> that's four <laughs> percent. I know. Oh, um, four. Wait, four out of ten? No, like 0. 0.4 out of ten. Oh, 0. 0.4. Okay, never it mind. didn't even get one. It didn't even get Pokemon Rumble. You. That's bad. It looks bad, but. Hopefully they figure it out or remaster it a second time. I just feel bad for the people who spent money on it because like this looks kind of unfixable. Um, yeah, they're going to have to release uh, some major updates. Pounding through the news cycle. It sounds like the, the long awaited Patty Jenkins star Wars is a no go anymore, which is kind of interesting to me. 
Um, Rain Johnson's also out on the project right now, as there is reports of uh, shelved creative differences, which has caused this movie to stop dramatically. I believe this film was supposed to be Rogue Squadron, was it not? Sorry, my headset just died. Oh, um, <laughs> I did I, not hear a word you said. Oh, I, I, I asked and I mentioned that Patty Jenkins is out right now, um, or the Which project is, is shelved. Yeah, because of um, creative differences or something like that. Like, what, the, what the hell's going on? She was making like the the Star Wars like Squadron, like yeah. Rogue Squadron movie or something like that, right? And it was supposed to. I think it was supposed to star Chris Pine. Or somebody in it, like a Chris Pine. Because I remember after Wonder Woman 1984, which had mixed reviews, um, there was an excitement for her taking the project mm-hmm. with, I believe, him. You know, you maybe maybe because of create maybe the creative differences was because uh, she wanted Chris Chris Pine, but um, Kathleen Kennedy might have wanted uh, Chris Pratt. He's so cool. He's so cool. Who knows? That sounded a little jittery. Did it? Oh, well. Um, yeah, so, this, so this is cool. different cool. news. Like, what do you mean? Huh? What do you I mean? Said, I, I said this is different news because nobody expected this. Everybody thought she was going to be able to kind of go in, make her own movie. Right. Yeah. And yeah. everybody would kind of like it. And it wasn't going to be like solo, which David hated. And most people like, and it wasn't no, going to be a lot like of Rogue people One. dislike solo. There are some good things that came out of solo. Like there are some cool lore stuff or they, they kind of connect on stuff, but they, I think they ruined the character of like the backstory of Han Solo. Anyways, that's not what we're talking about today though. Yeah. Speaking of Star Wars, also, did you see that report that came out? And if we recorded yesterday, we would have not seen this news. But Battlefront 3 was rejected by EA. Yeah, I just read that, actually. Isn't that wild? Uh, or like their idea for Battlefront 3 was rejected, which doesn't make any sense. Because, uh, well, you know, it does make sense, actually. You'd think after losing the, the exclusive rights to, uh, I don't know, FIFA... And EA, given the keys to this title or this franchise again, after losing exclusive rights to, to Star Wars, they would have been like, oh, yeah, this is a good idea. We should record this or we should uh, make this game. Totally. I would have said yes if it was Darth Maul taking poops on Chewbacca. Why? Because they had the rights to it. But why would you <laughs> Why would you want that? It would just get stuck in his hair. You'd call them chewy poopies. <laughs> Oh, gross. Um, I think a big part of the reason why EA potentially dis- the uh, potentially said no to Battlefront Three was because of the all the bullshit that happened with Battlefront Two. They tried to monetize it so much at launch, and the game was essentially pay to win if you wanted to unlock any uh new characters or upgrades and stuff like that significant stuff i think what was it someone said you do you would either have to pay like spend twelve hundred dollars to unlock darth vader and everything it was twenty two thousand dollars i think to complete the something whole. like that okay yeah it was something ridiculous or or play the game for an equivalent of it was like like the equivalent of like three years straight <laughs> with like no breaks so i think with all of that drama that happened um yeah you know it's it's fair that ea might be a little hesitant to uh make another battlefront but oh sorry i got the the number wrong it was twenty one hundred dollars yeah okay usd or four thousand five hundred and twenty eight hours yeah okay so something ridiculous like that like so i understand them saying no because my guess is well, this is one scenario. Dice is trying to make a game that is totally a fan service that doesn't have a lot of uh, microtransactions or pay-to-win stuff going on, right? Whereas EA wants that. They want that in every single one of their games. But they know that if they do that again, it's just going to cause a huge major outlash to... Uh, their company again and, and the uh, IP. 
Yeah, it's so now they're in a, a tough spot because EA definitely like obviously they're a business or any company they want to make money. Right. And if they can continue making money after the releases of a game, then they're going to try and do that. Agreed. But I don't know. I think uh, there has to be a. a, a an, there has to be an even balance between the game and monetization. And I think they, they finally got to that point with battlefront two, where you, you can still spend real life money to, to buy things to unlock stuff, but it's all cosmetics. So I don't know. Maybe they just didn't like the idea. Maybe they thought that it was too early. Who knows? Like there's so many things that could have, could have happened, but yeah, it's, um, I, I hope for the fan sake, the third game comes out and it's better than the second game. And maybe you get to explore some planets that we haven't seen before, but we'll never really know. Right. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I think they did a great job with supporting and updating battlefront two. And it, a, a lot of people are upset that they are just kind of ending support for it. Nothing new, but I think when a company ends support for something like you, you would expect, especially if there's such a huge, you know, now there's a ton of support for the game that they would push forward to try and make like another one and make it better and start from the beginning and make it better. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we'll have to see. I, 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 I don't think that we're not going to see a battlefront three, but I think it will be a little while before we do. I think, um, dice needs to focus on or actually it could be that dice needs to focus on uh battlefield night or 2042 ah yeah. i do i do have a little bit of a retraction while it was uh wasn't the tire fire the beta was i still think the game needs some improvements however in the tr- like the six hours i played maybe the eight hours i played at the trial played with you and i played some just online games it was pretty fun i do think weapon progression is insanely slow well, yeah, you know, I, I the the beta was a dumpster fire, and there was a lot of things that they needed to fix from that that they didn't. Still, um, it's kind of bullshit that there's no in-game voice chat, so you can't actually communicate with anyone on in your squad unless you're in a a private party on, say, Discord or Xbox Live or PlayStation Network, right? So that's how we had to communicate with each other in the game. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of fun. I think uh, my biggest gripe with it, my one biggest issue is that they took out the one thing that I really loved about Battlefield, and that is the individual um, classes and individual class progression. Yeah, you have to like earn them and build your own. Like at, all the operators are kind of the same. You know, they all have the same weapons. Um, some of them have like they have different uh, like special items and stuff like that but you know if i want to focus on uh the engineer class and get really good at that and unlock that then i want to be able to do that you know i liked playing games where i was just playing a medic and i i got no kills but i had a massive score because i was going around just reviving everyone like if i want to do that i can but i feel like you can't really do that or there's no real benefit of doing that because you know, you can play any class and unlock upgrades for all the weapons across the board. It kind of makes it difficult for squad management. A little bit, yeah. Right? Because like when you're working with a squad, say you got four people and you're all in voice chat, you know, one person be the engineer, one person be a, a scout, one person be a, a medic, and the other person would be assault. So everyone can work together for something or like you can mix things up as you see fit for, uh, you know, how the game's going. I don't know, I, but it's still fun. Are you going to, are you going to buy the game? Uh, yeah, I probably will. I'm going to be very David on it. Um, I mean, I think I'm using that, right? I think to David <laughs> is to look for it as cheaply as possible, play it for 10 hours and then never play it again. I play battlefield a lot, dude. I will play it with you, especially like, Oh, I, I, I do have a small comment because you brought it up on uh meeple. And two different listeners had reached out to me being like, hey, uh, will the show go on even though David's leaving? Yes, guys, newsflash, we record remotely. (laughs) And I'm not leaving. I'm just moving. I'm just moving from one house to another. Yes. The only difference is that I'm like going to be about 2000 kilometers away. Yeah, you're going to be 17 hours further than you were. 
yeah you just make our 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 mandates a little a little harder to do final final bit of news uh because David loves when I go on rumor rants and rumor tangents. It's my favorite. Uh, the, the, the Warner Brothers game wasn't just a rumor. There was smoke to that fire, and that fire exploded with the reveal trailer of Warner Brothers um, multiverses. Multiverses. Did you watch the release trailer that I sent you? I did. I, I kind of skimmed through it because there was a lot of um, the dev talking of whatever. Two funniest things I take from this before I talk about it in a little bit more detail is they have now made a successful or this is the second attempt at a successful smash brothers clone that will be free to play on every console but the wii or uh but the switch definitely not the (laughs) The wii Wii. (laughs) the wii but really it's not free to play on the switch it will not even be available on the switch just interesting i wonder if that's because nintendo refuses to license it maybe but i mean we're looking at a smash brothers clone with characters like Batman, voiced by Batman. We've got Arya Stark, voiced by Macy Williams. Why can't I think of the guy who played um, Batman right now? Uh, Michael Keaton. No, the animated Batman. Um, Kevin Bacon? Yes, we're going to go with Kevin Bacon, okay. because that's the answer that we should go with. <laughs> um, there's gonna be oh, no, 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 it was Chris Pratt. He's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> he's so cool uh there'll be bugs bunny finn uh jake harley quinn all these bo- voiced by the original voice actors and they've already started confirming other characters coming into the game like yeah. ganondorf ganondorf again <laughs> gandalf not ganondorf that's not even a real thing but this game looks exciting it looks fresh um they are really focusing on having dedicated servers from day one Oh, and nice. an, a multiplayer that's going to have open chat opposed to, I don't know, Nintendo's not chat. Yeah. Like, um, imagine talking smack by text. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking smack by uh, stickers. Oh, that, the that Mario Party thing. stickers are just beyond anything I, I even want to comprehend. They're anymore. super annoying. They're um, so Kevin Conroy is Batman. My only, my only concern with this because it's a free to play game that means that there's going to be huge monetization so as long as all characters are balanced against every other character then that's fine like if i have to pay to unlock we'll say batman if i have to pay to unlock batman as long as he is not any better or worse than any other character that's fine because then i'm fine with not playing as batman ever if I don't want to pay for it. Well, I think but also everything needs, everything needs to be um, unlockable by playing the game as well. I think whether it's a super grind fest, what, whatever, but everything needs to be balanced. Well, like smash bros, all the characters are balanced. Like sure. Like some of them have better reach than others, but the ones that have short reach, they have other aspects to their characters and their abilities that make up for their short reach. Yeah. So the, the the thing I think it I think it's going to build like Fortnite if I'm being 100% honest. If they're going to be like each counter is going to be a type of move and everything will be uniquely balanced towards the game where you might have like a small advantage in one area or another but a weaker advantage or mm-hmm. a disadvantage in a different type of attack, which is fine. Yeah, you know, it's still balancing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be Fortnite like the amount of shaggy costumes they showed you know damn well <laughs> that monetization is going to be here. Batman alone. You could have that uh, that version of Batman. You could have Batman Beyond Batman. Mm-hmm. There, There's lots. I think this game could be really interesting. Yeah, and actually probably one of the coolest mechanics that I saw was the fact that you can manipulate the map to help your team. So, for example, Bugs Bunny can dig a hole and create a tunnel from one end of the map to the other for your team to use and stuff like that. Did you not? Did you, did you see that? Yeah, I did. I think I think he was playing with like Finn or something, right? And Finn so, followed uh, him. Yeah, yeah. So like that's kind of cool, right? So and I think that is uh, a voice chat is a uh, definitely required for something like that, you know. So that pregame you can talk about strategies and and whatnot, but. 
I don't know. I, I feel like this game um, can will really take off because since Nintendo has announced that there's not going to be any more uh, character releases for Smash Bros. There's um, a big void that needs to be filled. And I think this one uh, just might fill that void. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say because Nick All-Stars has already done such a good job. But if this is going to be community-based and free-for-all to play, look out. I think this game is going to be this one is one we should keep an eye on in 2022 for sure. And, and that's the thing there. That's the big difference. This one is free to play, right? So Nick all stars, it's 40 bucks. Um, Smash bros, 80 bucks. This yeah, one's free. Big difference. Same gameplay concept, same idea, but this one's free. So I think this one is right, right out the bat. Right off the bat, it is more accessible than either of the other ones. Yeah, so 100%. as long as they have a good roster, I think uh, I think this will do actually pretty well. So, before we get into Ghostbusters, the final thing I want to talk about is how much more awesome the Spider-Man trailer is when you're in a movie theater, and just in general, seeing that and feeling that for the first time, like loud surrounding me. Oh, mm-hmm. buddy! Yeah, it was. Uh... A big difference from watching it on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge, huge difference. I mean, Spider-Man was bigger than me. I'm really curious as to where they're going with uh, Spider-Man after this movie. Um, well, there's reportedly another like multi-deal or multi-movie deal on the table for him. Really? But I also read that uh, he said that he kind of wants to stop doing Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. The, the problem is, is that other actors have done the same thing where they've stopped playing uh, one of the, their best characters and they've just kind of fizzled. You know, what was really funny, though, and I don't know if they showed the same trailers, um, but because uh, like they'd all be showing Sony based movies or Sony like produced movies. Right. Yeah. Did they show the Uncharted trailer right after Spider-Man? Also looks much better now that I'm not looking at a phone. Really? It still looks like trash, but. <laughs> it's just funny. Like, I think this is a is a a great example of a character or an, sorry, an actor trying to break out from a a character that they're known for. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious as to see how Uncharted Uncharted does for him because I think if Uncharted does really well, it might push him to do more of those other roles. I know that uh, Cherry was one that he did that got mixed reviews. It was kind of like all over the place. Uh, and then there was another one that he did. The, like the whisper of echoes or something whisper, like that, yeah. which didn't uh, from what I've heard, wasn't the greatest thing. So, you know, I think the problem with um, Tom Holland is he looks like he's like 17. Mm-hmm. So when he's trying to play a, a character that is not a teenager, it makes it very hard to believe. It kind of takes it out of, like, I don't know. I forget what it's called, but it, it just it you can't get as engrossed into the character and connected with the character because it's like, oh, this is a this is a kid. This is a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, just so you are aware, Tom Holland recently said um, he confirmed his contract ends as Spider-Man after No Way Home. However, if they want me back, he'll be there in a heartbeat. He also reportedly wants 20 million dollars. Uh, opposed to the $5 million he was getting for these films on his original deal. And Marvel seems to need him. <laughs> they they are trying to build the franchise around him, Shang-Chi, Brie Larson, all that stuff. So, Oh, yeah, he's, he's going to be a major, like Spider-Man's going to be a major player in the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like phase what? What are we in? Ten? Four. <laughs> but there is, um, like there was rumors the other day um that he was negotiating another deal but mainly with marvel so we'll see kind of how that goes mm, but interesting let's get into ghostbusters yeah hold on let's get into ghostbusters because busting makes me feel good if something's strange sleeping in your bed let me tell you something if something weird sleeping in your bed Let me 
<laughs> I like how they remove some words. All right. Bustin makes me feel good. I got to send you the video <laughs> for that. Someone remixed the, uh, obviously the Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters theme. Uh, and it's called Bustin. It's great. So, it's so good. What were your thoughts? You know what? Someone asked me the, the, the lonely theater worker asked me as I was, we were the last people leaving the theater said, what do you think of it? And I said, I was pleasantly surprised. And that's my, okay. that's my review. <laughs> you know what? Like, I, I kind of went in. I heard that it was really good. I heard that people were saying that it was great. I um, told you that an hour before you saw it. Well, I know, but this was before you had even seen it. People had told me it was good. Um, one, our, uh, my favorite uh, DC fanboy actually said that it is the best movie ever made apparently wow uh, so the justice league snyder cut just flew no nope. <laughs> ghostbusters afterlife is the best movie ever and ever is all in capital i came out there with goosebumps now this was a true ghostbusters movie i'm like well the true ghostbusters movie were one and two but i think this one did a good job at making you feel like it was in the same universe as like the original movies but also feeling new. They didn't try to remake the movies into something else. They didn't try to, it wasn't a forced reboot. I guess that's the, probably the best description I can give it. That I, I thought of it as a, we're passing the torch and then we're also trying to advance like the story. They did some rebooty things, um, obviously spoilers ahead, um, or just stop. We, we're going to, we're going to post like you hear the ghostbuster music. Don't listen if you don't want to know, yeah. but it's, it's to the point now where like, I was really looking forward to this movie. And I remember when we saw the teaser trailer, like a year and a half ago, and you saw just the plate of the Ecto one, you're like, Oh my God, a fucking ghostbuster movie. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, how did he get the Ecto one? What, where's this going? Mm-hmm. So the movie follows the grandchildren of Egon Spengler as they're moving to his old town, Somerville, because they're broke. They they had this house left to them. They're trying to start a new life. And obviously ghosts ensue. Now, the one thing that I really appreciated about this movie, and I don't know where you'd agree or disagree, but I liked how that it was focused on the kids and specifically um the the young actress that played phoebe i believe Mm -hmm. her name is mckenna grace she's supposed to be one of the next big things in hollywood she's already started like a pretty heavy career path like a lot of like she's doing a lot of things like abigail abigail breslin did and what's that other girl who kind of like grew up through the fame bunch of them Uh, anna Anna sophia rob those kind of people like she played that part incredibly well the the mm-hmm. the the girl who played the mother very well. Paul Rudd very well. The original it, it wasn't cringy. That's the thing. Like the the whole movie, it it wasn't a cringe fest like some other reboots or sequels can be. Let let's just compare it to Answer the Call. That movie was hated by a lot of people, and like Wait, yes, that's what it's called Ghostbusters. Answer the Call. Oh, yeah. I didn't. And a lot of people were just mad at the fact that it was a Melissa McCarthy led comedy um, where it was female Ghostbusters. Now, people are forgetting that it was mainly an SNL cast and it was meant to be a little bit more lighthearted. Like you had Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones, three main staples of Saturday Night Live on that cast. And you also had like a Cecily Strong in there. The, the original Ghostbusters made appearances, but what I did discover as soon as like the movie kind of hit that third act and they were discovering the calendar and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that movie's not even in canon. I honestly think that with uh, with Ghostbusters Afterlife, they completely disregarded that third, the, uh, movie. That third one. I think that one is kind of like a black sheep of the Ghostbusters um, universe. And it's funny because like Krista was like, oh, I actually kind of enjoyed that one more. I was like, yeah, but like she she found it a little bit more boring. 
um, in the first two acts, but really liked how the movie ended. I was like, yeah, but you have to like reestablish these characters or rebooting a franchise. This is like, this is huge. And like, I personally loved hearing some of the backstory to Spengler because there wasn't any. Right. Mm-hmm. And even like that conversation with, um, Oh, why can't I think of his name right now? Uh, Dan Aykroyd's character inside the bar. I was just like, Oh, th- this is what we needed. We needed closure on this character. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was like this, this, I guess beautiful goodbye to Harold Ramis was also just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a great job at kind of giving him a, like the, the goodbye that he deserves. Like Ray, they sorry. Yeah. They could have, um, they could have really just had him as a ghost the whole time, but I love that they actually got someone with the likeness of him and they did a really good job at kind of creating that character and allowing all of the other, all of the actors, all the characters in the movie to have that closure with that character. So now we know that they can move on and like that, that, well, like with Dan Aykroyd's character, right? Mm-hmm. What's Peter? Uh, who's it? He's Raymond, right? Raymond Pe- stands. Yeah, Raymond stands, and then Peter Venkman. Um, when he's saying like how he's an asshole, he can rot in hell and stuff like that, right? Like it shows that they have this resentment towards him for taking everything and leaving. But it was also that they, they didn't know that he was like, I don't know what he was doing, right? Like they didn't believe him. They kind of all went their own ways and finished their ghost busting days. Um, and at the end, it really was a really nice way, a send off of that character. And also like for like, who played uh, Egon Her- Harold? Sorry, who played? Her- yeah, Egon was Harold Ramis. Yeah, and I really like my probably like favorite part in that whole movie is when he went from his like ghost form and he kind of dissipated into the atmosphere into like the. You got the closure, and then it said for Harold. Yeah, right. Like, and you think that's the end of the movie, but it wasn't really the end of the movie. There was like two minutes left, <laughs> but still there was, I know, but you know what I mean? Like you'd think that like the way that they had it, like it was, it didn't take it from the end of the movie. It made it part of the movie, right? Like for that moment, even though, yeah, sure. There was like two or three minutes left in the film for that moment. It took everything out of the movie and said like, this is for Harold Ramis. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it puts you back in the movie. It's like kind of breaking that fourth wall, right? But it it does it in such a way that is, I don't know, really touching and allows the audience to kind of really connect and feel with the characters. I'd agree. Yeah. The the thing I really liked about it, especially with um, kind of the way they portrayed the story and the, the way they, they sold everything is it was a common enemy that we knew when we were kids. And now I saw a bunch of parents in there with children being like, this is who Zool is. And we're like, oh, it's the gatekeeper. Zool, yay, let's go. And I was having the time of my life in there. And the fact that it wasn't like all polished up also made it awesome. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. all the computers and stuff in this guy's old barn were just 1980s equipment. It was pretty sweet. The the one thing that I've seen online a little bit is how they they gave um, Harold Ramis's uh, character Egon a statue in Ghostbusters um, Answer the Call, right? Like when Kristen Wiig's working in her office, there's like a bust of him inside the the school that she's mm-hmm. working in or the academia. Um, and I think Dan Aykroyd plays a taxi driver. And Ernie Hudson's like, who are you can call? Because that was his thing. Yeah. But that that's I, I think it's a great way to eliminate that movie because I don't think that movie was great. It was very like all the ghosts were like neon and shiny and like I get it was a CGI spectacle, mm-hmm. but this movie, like the ghosts look good. And it was some old ghosts from like the movies and stuff. I was really disappointed there was no Slimer. Yeah, they kind of brought uh, a Slimer equivalent 
and they they built it up like you're thinking that it's Slimer, right? Because like, uh, it's, it's it's another fat thing that eats things. They call it Muncher. Yeah, and he eats metals and metal essentially. And they're they're as they're going through the like the little warehouse thing, and you see things have bites out of them, and there's a glowing blue slime. You're like, oh, that's Slimer, but something seems off about it because it's blue and not green. And it kind of looks like one of those little, I don't know. It's like a little bug thing that has multiple arms and stuff like that. It's like a little water water hippo or something like that. I don't know what they're called. But anyways, it looks like <laughs> one of these little things. And you know that it's not Slimer, but it's it's the equivalent of Slimer. But the thing is, the, the one thing that made Slimer such a cool kind of ghost is that he was just very gluttonous and he just wanted to eat stuff and, and run away, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't really attack anyone. He just slimed them. Like he wasn't like overly violent. Whereas this one, like it starts shooting like metal shards, like bullets at <laughs> the kids and in, in the, when they're in the warehouse and when they're driving, chasing after him. So they made him a little more violent. So I guess they kind of made it so that uh, I don't know. They had to be a little more cautious around him rather than just being slimed. But I think that's what made the original Slimer so accessible is that he was, well, he was kind of like the mascot. Yeah. He was like for, a good ghost, right? Like he just wanted to eat shit. Uh, whereas this one, I kind of, I, I don't think that they could make him uh, like the mascot kind of character ghost of, of the movie just because when he doesn't look as cute and I don't know, he just eats metal. There's something about, I'll never forget, you know, there's something about that scene where they're in uh, the hotel and he's like just eating all of the food through while well, they, they're just destroying the, uh, the dining hall. Right. Like they tried to kind of repeat that a little bit with the, uh, in the warehouse, but it, I don't know. I, it works. And you can tell that they are trying to have throwbacks to like the original movies with a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Um, but I think if you haven't seen the original movies, you're not missing out, right? Like it's, the movie itself holds holds its own. And I think as long as you know who the original Ghostbusters were, and the thing is, is the movie does a great job of showing that too, by showing them watching the videos, like the the commercials. Yeah. So even if you've never seen those movies. You know, you still can you still know who the original characters are and what they do or or a little bit of their legacy. Right. Yep. Um, did you see who played um, Gozer? Uh, no. <laughs> Uncredited. But after some Internet sleuthing, it was Olivia Wilde. So I was like, I know I know this face. I know. But like you couldn't find out who played the the, the demon Gozer, you know, who who commands Zool. There is no mom. There is only Zool. J.K. Simmons was pretty sweet in the movie too. There was a lot of nice little. Wait, who, what's who's Gozer? Like the demon thing? Yeah, the demon lady that looked kind of like Michael Jackson. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh Gad played Muncher. Josh Gad played Muncher. He didn't even say anything. He didn't say anything. Like what the hell? How does that even work? It's funny because a lot of the characters are not listed on IMDb, so you actually have to go looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing to to have kind of a Goonies vibe, I thought the the character podcast was very much data from the Goonies, and yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it was a nice little touch. I thought, um, and from everything I can tell, and extensive Google searching Harold Ramis was CGI. There was no lookalike. They just aged him. If you can bring um, Tupac back from the dead and Michael Jackson back from the dead, you can make a video, a CGI. For, that's why he didn't speak. Yeah, I know. And I think they did. They did a really good job at that. Yeah. Green screen man. And that now who's the character Elton. He was one of the kids, wasn't he? No, because there's this guy, Oliver Cooper played Elton. Elton. I don't even see him on the list. Where do you see that? I don't know. This is what this is what Google, uh, Google says. Yeah, well, Bustin makes me feel good. Elton. Yeah, weird. Anyways. Oh, Josh Gad is the voice of Muncher. Yeah. Look at that. Overall, what's your thoughts on the movie? 
like, like, um, does it, does it stand? Can it stand with the original two to continue the story on or should they stop? Oh, you're, I don't know if you're going to like this or not. Okay. I've been thinking about this all morning because I knew you would ask. And the answer is I would have been comfortable giving this movie a seven and a half. If the after credits didn't exist, the after credit, the after credits to me for the nostalgia, like, yeah, we know Venkman and Dana are still together. That's amazing. And Sigourney Weaver looked amazing, which was actually funny because they had Sigourney Weaver in the credits, but she wasn't in the movie. Yeah. And then she was in that scene, like literally right in that scene. So that was pretty funny. Um, and then how it looks like they're rebooting the franchise completely in that other little one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, one Egon had an affair clearly possibly. And two, like the ghost trap lights up, the sirens go, uh, Winston's redone the ghostbuster car. So hold on. Egon. I I forget. Did Egon bang the, uh, their Secretary? secretary? We don't know. See, and that's what I'm thinking though, because, well, they never really addressed who um, the mother was, right? Well, the they mother always... was his daughter, but like there was nothing about the father. No, no, they was it the father. She, yeah, no, she... no, like they never addressed who her mother was, right? Oh, yeah, right. So she could have met her mom at the beginning of the movie, and that's that's what I'm thinking because he gave her the he gave her the uh, or sorry she gave him her lucky coin and said i have another one that just like it like don't worry right and then in that scene she's holding that coin at the end of the like the after credit scene so i think that shows that you know they had a child together and then that's who the mother is and like those are her grandchildren which which is why she kind of like stayed close who knows what's going to happen i think i would give this movie a solid 8 based on my personal enjoyment of the film, the nostalgic factor for anybody who was, who saw these movies when they were a kid, like I'm an, uh, a late eighties kid. And I remember the ghostbusters being my life when I was younger. I had the, like the cartoon, I had the toys, the ghostbuster house. I regret not buying that stuff. When I saw it at that store, the ghostbusters were everything to me. So this movie could have been an absolute piece of shit. And I probably would have liked it opposed to the, um answer the call now the one caveat i'll say is i kind of wish i saw the movie in the vip theater opposed to the regular theater now we watched it avx which was like a two-hour massage which was nice but there was that the the few oh shit moments where nostalgia would have kicked in you're like oh my god it's happening kids didn't understand kids enjoyed the movie like but they didn't understand. Like the the kid sitting two seats away from me was just being an obnoxious little prick. Oh, see, we went. That's why we go to the late shows. Uh, so somebody had to work early this morning, so that wasn't a, uh, an option. Yeah, um, I would agree with your 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 score. I'd give it a, a good eight. Um, some of the, I, I'm not a big fan of movies where it's like kid actors the whole time. Because it just is, I don't know, it's not that I don't like watching kid actors. Like, there there are great movies that are full of main kid actors, like Goonies is a prime example. Um, even, like, Indiana Jones has a, a main character who's a kid who doesn't take away from the movie, right? Yep. Um, but, you know, I, Finn Wolfhard, terrible Sucks. actor. Sucks. Fuck it's, that kid. Worst. So, so... I think some of these things like they the only important character was uh was uh Phoebe. Yeah. Right? That's the only important character other than her mother and the uh, and uh who was it? Uh, Mr. Groby. The sexiest man alive in 2021. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mr. Groberson, sorry. Mr. Grab <laughs> Grabby. Yeah. Um so her brother Trevor was a pointless character and um, podcast. He was just the comedic relief, right? Like those characters. And then the, the kind of forced 
love relationship between uh, uh, Celeste and Trevor. Is I, it like the the girl that he met at the um, the diner? See, but even at the end of the movie, when he's like, "I thought I was going to lose you," and she's like, "Oh, okay." Like she, it was one sided, and it was very yeah. like creepy and forced. Yeah, and, and like that was not needed at all. But he does uh, the same thing in Stranger Things, like. Mm-hmm. Eleven doesn't want to be with him anymore. He's like, but I love you, Eleven. You guys are fucking 12. Chill. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing, though, uh, I think the best ca- casting of all would be uh, Bokeem Woodbine. He's the sheriff. He is the Kmart Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks like Dave Chappelle. And I'm like, is that Dave Chappelle? No, it isn't. That'd be funny, though. Yeah, uh, I thought it was good. I'm glad you went into that film or Finn Wolfhard stuff. So I didn't have to, I did not. I just, I hope, you know, he's going to be in the sequel if there is one, but like, how does this guy keep getting jobs? Is it cause he like looks a certain way? Cause I don't think he's a good actor. I think no. he's an annoying actor, but maybe he plays annoying very well. That I think that maybe that's what they want. They want that kind of annoying actor. Like, uh, what's his name? Who played uh, Scott Pilgrim? Michael Sarah. Yeah, I think he's going to be like the new Michael Sarah type. He's going he's going to be typecast. That's what it is. But oh, for sure. Uh, Metacritic currently has the user score as eight point one and forty seven for critics. Yeah, I know. I know. Critics didn't really like this one. Critics, do you go to the circus? Actually, circuses are bad. Bad. <laughs> critics, do you go to like? When you were a kid and you went to like the playroom at Chuck E. Cheese or whatever it, the equivalent is in America, do you did you just go there and sit? Did you mm-hmm. hate playing with the balls and jumping in the pits? Well, if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes uh, scores, the, the critic score is sixty one, and the audience score is ninety five, and I think that is is more accurate. I anytime that I've talked to someone about this movie, they've said that they've really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's only two days old, so (laughs) people could really just enjoy it for as long as they can. But we want to know what you think. Obviously, we will, again, um, if you guys like these kind of early reviews, maybe we'll do a few more. Who knows? But we want to thank you guys for listening. Of course, uh, check us out on your favorite podcatcher. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you find your social media content. But for myself and David, he's so cool. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on our next episode.